There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, come on. You know I don't watch that shit. Why not? Too scared. No. No, it's just, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Kim and Kat, Kat, stay stay alive, alive, maybe. Maybe. We're a horror movie comedy comedy podcast. podcast. We're going to tell you the entirety entirety of the movie. movie. Spoilers and all. all. And I'm Kim Burns. I'm I'm Kim Burns. And I'm Kim Porter. Porter. (laughs) (laughs) That just reminded me of this video that I saw of this guy who like set up a camera in the car and he's like sitting with his girlfriend and he just starts saying everything she's saying as she's saying it and it's just her being like do you think I should get my nails done and literally he's and he's like and it's her just being like stop and he's like (laughs) seriously babe stop but like he knows literally everything she's gonna gonna say say. it's so (laughs) fucking funny reminded me of you how you doing I'm so good. I just, um, we're recording on September 14th, which is Mm -hmm. the day that the movie Satanic Hispanics hits theaters and they sent us a little swag box. So I'm drinking their little, um, spicy margarita out of their penis straw that they sent. There is a penis straw on the screen right now. So giant holes out. Tits up. Dicks in. Dicks in. <laughs> I uh, may be making one myself. It's the later. hammer of Zanzibar margarita. Mm. Two ounces of tequila, four ounces of spicy grapefruit margarita mix, a dash of Satanism, Ooh. tagine around the rim, and a strong stir of the hammer. Enjoy. Did you stir it with, oh, is the dick the hammer? I can only assume. Did you stir it with the penis? Of course I did. All right, good. Well, that's good. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Me too. Super excited. And I really got to say, Dread having a tradition of sending us drinks in our in our promo boxes for these movies is mwah, chef's kiss. I really, <laughs> I really enjoy it. I really enjoy that bit of swag. Normally I don't drink them, but I've been on antibiotics for 47 years. 
And then I just fucking closed my laptop till Monday situation. We're going to some weddings this weekend, next weekend. So I was like, I feel like I'm on vacation now. Fuck yes, bitch. I love that for you. That makes me really happy. Um, And you're done your antibiotics? Oh, yeah, girl. Cool. I'm healed. She also got a super cute haircut, you guys. I got my haircut, and I got it by a curly hair professional. And she taught me all the curly things and things to do with my curls. I love it. She was so great. I love she, it. She, like, did so many things and then, like, told me each step of the way what she was doing. It was very... I I appreciated it. Can you pass the knowledge along to me next time we're in the same room? Sure. Today? I don't know if it'll work for your specific hair. That's the issue. That's true. But I'm happy to. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Kim and I have 100 weddings in the next two weeks. And then the weekend after that... We are going to be doing a live watch yes. on September 29th, I think we, we said. We still have to figure out what movie. Yeah, whatever the Friday, last Friday of September is. Yeah. Um, so th- I'm putting, I'm saying this right now as a reminder to myself to uh, put a p- uh, poll in Patreon uh, to see what you guys want us to watch. Um, what we'll probably have a poll. Well, I think what I'll first do is be like, what do y'all want us to watch and get a bunch of suggestions and then suggestions first and then a vote. I love it. Exactly. So it's a two tiered choosing system, if you will. And it's like a day or two before Halloween starts. Halloween starts. (laughs) October. Before Halloween starts. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Before the month of Halloween starts. Mm -hmm. So that's fun and spooky and exciting. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah. Reminder to myself. I put a crystal in that. If you're not on Patreon, get your butt over there. Get your butt over there. Support our pod. We really appreciate it. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at KK Sam Podcast. Mm -hmm. Join our Facebook group, Sammy Stay Alive Maybe. And what's what's left? We requested and the people listened. Oh, no. This proves to me that they want it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Because also, leave us a five-star review, and we'll sing you a song. Oh, no. We haven't gotten a review in, like, 87 years. 87,000 years. One week, we say, hey, we're going to sing you a song if you leave us a review, and we immediately got a review. So I'm just saying. Okay. Listen, I appreciate the reviews. Okay. All right. What's the name? Labratio 77. Labratio Lab... LA Lab Ratio? Lab Ratio. I prefer, I'm going to go ahead and say I prefer Lab Ratio because, wait, what are the numbers? Lab Ratio what? 7-7. Lab Ratio 7-7. That feels like it needs to be sort of like a, all right, hold on. I'm I'm channeling it. Okay. Ready? (laughs) You start the beat. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's not a beat because it's going more classical for B. Okay. I don't know where we're going. Labrisio, 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 Labris
Also, yeah. I felt like I was, what's her face from Friends, when she's like, seven, seven, seven. <laughs> oh, Catherine just spit out of group. Yes, I did. Seven, seven, seven. Yeah, that's how Kim sounds when D hits her seven. <laughs> she sings it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's... <laughs> D sent me a meme today that was like, uh, person one, oh, 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 having sex. Yeah. And then it like, person two, O'Reilly's, <laughs> both of them, auto parts, and then they both come. <laughs> That's the best thing Which is maybe only that. funny to people who live around us. I don't know. O'Reilly, auto parts is like a- Everyone. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts. parts. <laughs> it's like a jingle. That's fucking fantastic. Oh, man. Meme art is an art. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. Um, Too bad you peaked back at episode 26. I did. I did. I did peak. It's a, you, but you know what? Some people don't even get a peak in their life. I'm going to be on my deathbed. <laughs> going, You'll remember that meme. Show me my meme. <laughs> and then, I'll, and then I'll, I'll look at it and be like, still funny. <laughs> And, and then, then I'll die. Self high five. As yeah. Pass <laughs> out to your death. Be like, strangely to my family, strangely, she broke both her wrists just before she died <laughs> from high fiving herself. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So okay. that's what's happening. <laughs> Do you want to tell me about a movie? Yeah. Speaking of old things. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot of like murmurs over the last couple <laughs> months um, for us to do some classic like universal monster movies. And uh, it came up enough that I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So we have the, you know, traditional universal monsters, which is like. Dracula, obviously, the mummy, we- werewolf man, uh, Franken- uh, Frankenstein's monster, bride of Frankenstein, and swamp man thing, I think. So, <laughs> is werewolf so, man his technical name? A were-man? Werewolf name? man? I, I don't know. I mean, name we'll have to birth? do the movie. Yeah. His <laughs> first name, and where, middle name, wolf. Thing? And swamp man thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, clearly, we're well depthed in. Uh, we are in well depthed. Well depthed. <laughs> <laughs> well versed in universal horror. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> last week we did Renfield a la Dracula. And Dracula got really fucked up by the end of that movie. He was several blocks of cement. So I thought, you know, I want to give him a minute, give him a second to rest. So. I did not do Dracula because I know he had a tough week last week. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do the misogyny. I'm sorry. The, the mummy. Yay. Starring Boris Karloff. Nice. Uh, and 
Oh, I forgot the chick's name. And then well, uh, Karloff uh, is in like all the things, right? Oh, he's in quite literally everything that's ever been made. Like he he was the it guy of the time. Uh, this movie was made in 1932. Wow, that's so long ago. 19 and you can it's yep. I listen, guys. I have a feeling that for those of you that suggested. I specifically do classic monster movies. I think you knew what you were getting into, making me go back in time and watch the way, I don't know, women or people of color were treated. I think you all knew what you were doing. So that's what this is, you know, there's going to be a lot of that today, of us just kind of talking about that kind of stuff. Barbie! Um... It was directed by Carl Freund. Um, shockingly, it was written by a woman, Nina Wilcox Putnam, as well as Richard Scher and John L. John L. Boulderson, three writers. I kind of want to look up. I wonder if this is like based on a not like based on a novel that was already made, kind of like Frankenstein's monster was. So I'll look that up because I'm wondering how Nina Wilcox Putnam got her foot in the door. I'm impressed. Um, dead or alive? Ardith Bay. Alive. Ardith. <laughs> yeah. Ardith. I went to school with a girl named Ardith. What? I did. I've never heard that as a name ever in my entire life. It's a dumb so I name. I just kept reporting it. Report, it's, repeating it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Ardith is a really dumb name because it sounds like someone saying artist, like, with a lisp. I don't like Ardith. names that... It was feeling more like Edith to me. Mm. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, Helen. Alive. Uh, Hottie Frank. Dead. Uh, Dr. Wimple. Uh, dead. And Dr. Miller. Dead. Miller spelled Muller, interestingly. M-U-L-L-E-R, pronounced Miller. Did you ever heard that before? No. Yeah, it was weird. Miller. Muller. Yeah. Mueller. 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 Um, okay, so... We open on a dig site in Egypt, Cairo specifically, and I want to go there. Do you to the oh dig my gosh, site? Oh yes, Cairo? Cairo, Egypt. Oh yeah, I think it sounds freaking dope. And I actually just recently I gotta see watched, those pyramids, dog. Yeah, and I actually just watched a uh, documentary on the pyramids, and what I found really fascinating was like. I don't know what I thought it was, but it's like there are dig sites, right? And they're not they're they're like kind of permanent structures. Like there are dig sites that are like there for decades, you know, of them finding mm-hmm. different artifacts and things like that. And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. It's not like you go out there for a day and like dig up a mummy. Like you have to be <laughs> there for a while. <laughs> no, yeah. So I guess it makes sense. I just never really thought about it before because we open and it's like this like a structure like a building that's like dig site 
Yeah. 19, I think it was 1921. And obviously it's the British people who are digging up uh, artifacts because that's how they rolled. Did you fucking hear that the British, literally right now the British Museum has had multiple artifacts stolen from it and whoever stole them is like selling them on eBay. (laughs) No. And everyone's like, you know, obviously people are like theft at the British Museum and people are like, I don't know, it sounds like that's kind of just the company culture, stealing things that don't belong to them. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, yeah, that comes up a little bit in this as well. So it is Dr. Joseph Wemple or Sir Joseph Wemple, apologies. Sir Joseph Wemple and his uh, protege, a younger archaeologist man. And they have just come in from the dig, and they've got a bunch of artifacts, and they're super excited about them. And Doc, uh, Sir Joseph Wimple, like, wants to be really meticulous about it. You know, he's like, we start <clears throat> examining the thing we found first. Like, we do it in order kind of thing. Whereas his young protege is like, but what about the mummy that we dug up? I got to see the mummy. <laughs> and Dr. Uh, Sir Joseph is like, yes, I want to see the mummy as well. I totally get it. But like we we can't just like skip to the fun part. You know, we have to be scientific about this. And we also learn that in addition to the mummy, like the sarcophagus that we see sort of just propped up against a wall. I'm sure that's how it always goes. Just bring it inside, prop it up against a wall. Um, They also pulled out like a smaller um, sarcophagus, like a smaller box with it. Okay. And, you know, the young end, the young protege is still like, oh my God, like, you know, this is the biggest find we've had in two months. Like this is going to bring the expedition, like a bunch of medals and all this stuff. And, Sir Joseph Wimple is like, I'm not in this for the medals. You know, he's like, sometimes more can be learned from like a broken piece of pottery than from a whole mummy, you -hmm. know? And he's like, our job is to increase the sum of human knowledge of the past, not to satisfy our own curiosity. It's like, okay. Um, and the youngin just like won't shut up. He's like, I know, but we're human and I really want to see the mummy. And I'm just like, kid, (laughs) oh my God, chill out. And uh, uh, Sir Wemple is like, this is your first time in the desert. I've been here, like, a lot, like, a really long time. I've been here, like, 10 years. And he's like, nobody is more curious about the mummy than me, okay? But I need you to slow your roll and just chill the fuck out. But, and he's like, okay. So, like, he kind of relents. Now, the mummy is, like, we can see it. Like, it's propped up in its box but like the box is open and we're seeing you know the mummy with his arms across his chest and uh the youngin goes over and he's kind of just like looking at it uh oh no 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 okay they're fighting about it and then another guy comes in this is dr dr miller dr miller comes in dr miller is also obviously super curious about the mummy everyone wants to see the mummy we get it Um, He goes over and looks at it and he's like, this is actually like super weird. Like if I'm looking at this mummy, he's like, the viscera wasn't 
removed. Like, I think, you know, they take a lot of stuff out and put it in jars and things like that. Uh So all of the inside stuff, which is normally put into various jars, depending on, like, which god or goddess they um, correspond to. And he's like, this mummy is, like, full. Like, nobody emptied this mummy. Oh, no. And he's like, and also the usual scar, like, made by the embalmer's knife isn't there. And Sir Wemple is like, yeah, it's super weird. And it looks like that he must have died in, like, a really sensationally unpleasant manner because the muscles are contorted in a way that shows he was, like, struggling to get out of them. Ooh. Ooh. Methinks he was mummied alive. He was mummied alive. Youngin is like, buried alive? And then they kind of like go in and they're like reading like around the, um, so he's like in a coffin, but then there's like inscriptions around it. Uh-huh. And they read Imhotep, which is uh, the mummy's name. And it says, high priest the temple of the sun at Karnak. So like that's, here's, here's our guy. This is our dude. He's a high priest named Imhotep. And they're like, man, like what could he have possibly done to like earn himself such a shitty fucking death? And, uh, Sir Wemple is like, you know, posits. He's like, was it treason? And Dr. Miller is like more likely sacrilege. Like he did something against the gods Oh. And um, they're looking more closely and Youngin is like, oh, look, there's like sacred spells uh, that are supposed to be like on a coffin that protect the soul in its journey mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. underworld. And they're like fucking chipped off. Like mm-hmm. someone was like, chisel, chisel, chisel. No protection for you, bitch. Whoa, and they hate him. They hate him. And they were like, yeah, Imahotep was sentenced to death, not only in this world. But in the but other in end. death world. He's death dead in both death. worlds. Death and death, this poor guy. And uh, Youngin is like, maybe he got too gay with the Vestal Virgins in the temple. Uh, so what I get, the there's um, the Virgins of Isis they talk about in this, which are like the priestesses, you know, that worship mm-hmm. Isis or whatever. And... Youngin is like, well, maybe the answer to all of our questions is in that box over there. Let's go open that cool, fun thing. And Sir Wemple is like, okay, I can see I'm not going to get any more work out of you unless we open the fucking box. Like, you're not going to fucking catalog any shit. So they go over. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like, the wood is rotted. It's going to fall apart at our touch. So we'll keep touching it. And they read. So like they open the box and there's another box in the box. Boxes in boxes. Mm-hmm. And they read the unbroken seals of the Pharaoh Amenophis. Uh, and then like they see some temple treasure. And then it says death, eternal punishment for anyone who opens this casket. Oh, no, I opened it. Well, I think death, they're talking eternal about punishment. They're talking about the casket inside of this box is what they're talking about. So it's like, oh, okay. it's like we have the mummy coffin, right, that he's in. Then we have this other 
coffin and inside this little coffin is a box and that's the box we're not supposed to open. So it's oh, like the Russian okay. nesting dolls of mummies. Egyptian evil. Yeah. So. And what all, what all I get? It says, it says don't open me because uh, you'll get death or eternally. Death eternally. Like, like big but death. isn't that what death is? Right, but we also know that what they think death is, you might oh, get buried. Oh, the afterlife is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, I think these people, like, also, I think they mean, like, they don't mean death at a reasonable time at your convenience. I think they mean, like, death immediately. Death right now. Forever. And also, and, and they also probably don't want to die. in the afterlife. Right. Yeah. So, Dr. Muller is like, or one of them is like, good heavens, what a terrible curse. Question one. No. What does Youngin suggest? And what don't do you open suggest? it. Not okay. to open it ever. I, mean, I don't want seemed, death eternal. You seemed pretty curious before. I was, but I hadn't read the inscription yet. Okay. So what are you going to do? Not open it. All right. He definitely wants to open it. He, like, he's incorrigible. Like, he's just like, he's got to open it. And uh, Sir Joseph Wemple is like, wait, you'll break the curse. Or no, that's Dr. Miller. Dr. Miller is the occult. He, Dr. Miller is the guy who, like, knows all about the occult stuff. Sir Wemple is the archaeologist guy. So we have, like, we have, like, occult and science, the two mm-hmm. battling factions. And... Obviously, Dr. Miller is like, don't open it. And um, Sir Wemple is like, I'm a fucking archaeologist. Like, Mm, I open shit. Like, I need, I can't, like, if if I didn't archaeologize everything that had some spiritual symbol to the gods, like, it would all stay buried. Like, there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know. Sure. I was like, that's not a terrible point that he's making, actually. So he's like, your beliefs, Dr. Mueller, can't interfere with my work. And Dr. Mueller rightly is like, well, then why did you send for me? And Sir Wemple is like, I wanted to, like, know what you thought of it. But, like, that didn't mean that I was going to well, be like. What I think is no, bad. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. And, um... Youngin comes in to the argument and he's like, oh, come, Dr. Miller, surely a few thousand years and the earth take the mumbo jumbo off any old curse. And I would say the opposite, in fact, that it it makes them more potent. Yeah, I don't Don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think it depends on the curse, you know. Sure. This one certainly seems like it's got some oomph behind it. Yeah, gets all cooked, yeah. just cooking over time. A marinade, if you will. A marinade. <laughs> <laughs> marinade is the noun of the verb marinate. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true or not, but it sounds juicy. <laughs> I'll post more to it. Uh, <laughs> you were wrong about the last thing I that know. you had a little. Uh, I know. Sav. Sav, I was. Though I think there are multiple pronunciations of that there one. There are multiple pronunciations, but. But you only took the one that matched with you. 
No, it, we were both wrong in my in the thing that came up. Oh, what did you say? Solve. And it was like, salve. salve. Got it. Okay, so we were both wrong. But if you put us together, we make the perfect pronunciation of that <laughs> word. Exactly. <laughs> and that's friendship. <laughs> exactly. So... Fucking youngin is like, I'm sure the mumbo jumbo's off this thing. And Dr. Miller's like, I can't speak in front of a boy. Come outside under the stars of Egypt. And so he takes <laughs> Sir Wemple outside. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do next time I need to like leave a conversation. I can't talk in front of this boy. Come out and talk to me under the stars. <laughs> you know I will. Um, I also got another phrase from this movie that I'm going to use ad nauseum in my daily life and I can't wait till we get to it um so they leave the room to go talk under the stars and and they leave youngin with the casket that he's not supposed to open so they're out there talking and Sir Wemple is like don't think you can persuade me not to examine the most wonderful find of my whole career basically Mm. and he's like if you're right about the legend then the casket may contain the scroll of toth from the holy of holies in the temple and i can hardly wait to get back to find it dr miller is like the gods of egypt still live in these hills in their ruined temples the ancient spells are weaker but some of them are still potent and i believe that you have in your hut the scroll of Toth or Thoth. I couldn't really hear how they were pronouncing it. And I've heard it pronounced both like ways in my daily life. Thoth. 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 Yeah. It's more fun. Yeah. Thoth. We'll go with Thoth. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and he's like, which contains the great spell with which Isis raised Osiris from the, <gasps> the dead. dead. Now, here's what's weird. I've been keeping track of synchronicities in my life. Just uh-huh. like as part of a little witchcraft that I'm doing. Uh-huh. Simultaneously, I downloaded this cool app called Nibble where it just gives you like little history lessons. Little nibbles of history lessons. Mm-hmm. My first fucking lesson was, about was all Yes. And was all about Thoth and Isis and Osiris <gasps> and all that shit. So when they're talking about it, I was like, can confirm. I guess that's we're supposed to go to Egypt. I guess so. Live show in Egypt, everybody. So do you know the deal with Isis and Osiris? Um, not specifically. I know vague things about both because I'm my goddess the, cards and Isis is in there. And I'll then also the I recently watched um, Moonshadow Kingdom. Oh, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. <laughs> she's she's making a Marvel reference, everyone. She's talking about Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac. That's what I said. Yep. So I'll give you the cliff notes of Isis, Just Osiris, and Set. Just give you a nibble. So Isis, Osiris, and Set were triplets. Uh, I believe they're all the children of Thoth, which is what the scroll who wrote the scroll. And Isis and Osiris were in love with each other, brother and sister, but not too weird back in that day because there was only, you know, like four people sure. around. So who the fuck are you going to fuck? Slim. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're in love. Set, their other brother, gets real pissed about it. So he motherfucking doesn't he just murder. In. He wants in. Doesn't just murder Osiris. 
he chops him up into 14 <gasps> pieces, I think, and spreads the 14 pieces all over the world. No. Oh. Isis is super upset. So she sends Anubis, I believe. The dog? The dog. Yeah, the god of the underworld. I believe it's Anubis. That might be. Basically sends someone out to go collect Osiris. Because she's like, my love, we have to put him back together. Well, they find all of his parts. And they put him back together. And they got the whole puzzle back together. But you know when you're like doing a puzzle and then you realize, oh my god, there's one piece missing. Mm-hmm. What piece do you think was missing? Bonus point. His dick? No. Really? His penis. I was saying that this is a joke. No, his penis. She couldn't find his penis. So she made him one. And they procreated. And all of us were born. Wow. So the scroll of Thoth was used to like bring Osiris back to life. After they found all but his penis. So what here we go. What did his penis out of? Wood, I believe. Oh, no, wow. I actually don't think they say. Some, uh, something else I was listening to posited that they, she made it out of wood, but they don't know what, they made it, what she made it out of. I mean, she's so a really goddess. She could have made his dick a, out of dick materials, so honestly. really, a goddess, we all come just from her, really. Pretty much. And yeah. a piece of wood, really, just anything. Could have been yeah, anything. Yeah, because she had so the really initiative. really, just came from her. Yeah, she didn't give up. Yeah, so. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um... So they're talking about that outside and Youngin is inside, like literally can't fucking concentrate. Like it's like, he's trying to like examine a whatever the fuck. And he just like, keeps like looking over at the box. <laughs> Gotta see what's in that box. Question two. What's in the box? What's in the box? That's the original. What's in the box? 1932. The nummy. The nummy? The nummy. Question two. What do you do? What does Youngin do? I continue to not open it. Mm-hmm. I think he takes a little peek. That's one and a half because he doesn't take a little peek. He lifts the top off, pulls the box out, and opens that bitch up with his greasy-ass fingers, ungloved, mind you, and pulls out a fucking scroll and unscrolls the bitch. Back outside with the oldies. Dr. Miller is still trying to convince Sir Wemple not to fucking do it. And Dr. Miller or Sir Wemple is like, no, I'm going to do it. But I really want you to be there with me when we find this like thing that's a big deal. So come back inside. Question three. What do you do? What does Miller do? I think hand in hand, Dr. Miller and I are like, I'm not going to get possessed by the fucking Thoth Diaries. So it's a no for me, dog. He also says it's a no for me, dog. That's actually where this line came from. Randy wow, Jackson was so always many citing. things started from the mummy in 1932. Yeah, it's wild. So back with Youngin, and he's just straight up reading the scroll now. And we pan over. So he's, you know, reading the hieroglyphs. And we pan over, and we see the mummy. And then we just see him slowly start to drop his arms. And we see his eyelids sort of dust themselves off a bit. <laughs> and fucking 
dummy over not to be the dummy not to be confused with the mummy (laughs) is just over there like not paying attention at all like he's just like reading this fucking scroll and we see a mummy hand like come across and like (laughs) go to touch it with its long creepy gross nails that are just so crusty and yucky and fucking dummy finally looks up and sees mummy and is like, ah! and like screams. The mummy grabs the scroll and is like, peace out. Uh, Leaves. He's uh, out of here. Oh. He's like, bye. He's See you later. To be. Yeah. And I don't even fucking know what door he went out of because I don't know how it wasn't just like Dr. or Sir Wemple coming in being like, oh, excuse me. It was narrow hallways <laughs> here. <laughs> um, so he uh, comes in, no mummy, open other box, nothing in it, scroll gone, and motherfucking youngin in the corner just like, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking crazy person. He went nuts. Wow. And... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't blame him. I mean, I blame him, right? Because he did it to himself. No, we one hundred percent blame the reaction. Him. I can't blame. Right, and he just is like he went for a little walk. You should have seen his face. <laughs> like, just it's not looking good. Uh, and then we see like the old uh, Sir Wemple like looks over and sees like a dusty handprint on the table or whatever. Now we cut to. Ten years later. <gasps> Ten years? Oh, my gosh. That mummy's living a whole life. Cairo, uh, dig site, 1931 now. So 10 years later, whatever I said before. 20s to Oh, my 30s. gosh. That was 1921? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Hottie, who we learn is actually uh, Sir Wemple's son, Frank Wemple. Okay. And he's with some other digger guy named Dr. Pearson, whatever the fuck. And uh, they're pretty bummed out because their dig has been wildly unsuccessful. Like they haven't really come up with anything Mm -hmm. to make the monarchy proud or whatever the fuck. In walks... This old man in traditional Egyptian garb, we are to believe. And here's why I say that, because I don't actually know what traditional Egyptian garb looks like. But the treatment of people that aren't British or American of this movie doesn't give me a ton of hope that it was accurate. But that is what they want us to believe, that it is traditional Egyptian garb. Okay. So comes in and basically is like so y'all's dig sucks huh he's like <laughs> y'all haven't found shit have you but like in kind of like a like i'm being sarcastic about it like more in like a very somber grumpy mysterious kind of way and they're like you know who the fuck are you and he says i'm ardith bay native of of Cairo and he hands them a piece of 
like a plaque or something. And he's like, I think I can help you out. Check this out, this artifact that I found. And they look at it. And both men are like, oh, shit. This is like the fucking plaque from um, the princess Akinesimon or something. I think that's how you say it. Akinesimon. And Ardith is like, yeah, that's what I fucking said. He doesn't really say that. But like, it was very much like he's, he's like, this is what this is. And then like the two British guys are like, do you know what this is? Like it's mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. just um, – and he's like, I think I know where her tomb is if y'all want to dig. And Dr. Pearson is like, shit, like if we put our men on it, we could like have a big fucking discovery in like two days. And Ardith is like, one day. You'll only need one day. And they're like, oh shit, okay. So cut to the actual dig site. And I wrote, cut to what I can only assume is just above slave labor of the locals. And they are singing traditional, traditional in quotation marks, ethnic songs, as the subtitles told me. And they are literally doing like hard labor, digging in the hot, hot Cairo sand. And I was like, where the fuck are? Frank Wemple and Dr. Pearson, they are up on the hill, sitting in lounge chairs, drinking ice water under umbrellas Uh while everyone else is digging. And then one of the diggers is like, hey, we found something. We found something. And the two of them just run down and they start being like, this is not a joke. Like they literally were like, we found something like we found something. And then the white men come down and are congratulating themselves on having found something that they had nothing to do with finding. So it's in like a hole. They got to go down and there appears to be like a step that they're uncovering. So it's like, Oh, this is a staircase. We got to keep digging. And the white men tell them to dig faster and they then go down into the tomb Time passes, obviously. They go down into the tomb. And it's a whole underground system, like a whole palace under there. I mean, like, it's like there's different rooms and shit. And they see a plaque with the princess's name on it, Princess Anakesamon. And Dr. Pearson is like, we got to call your dad, Frank. Remember, Frank is... Oh, yeah. He's like, we got to call your dad because he needs to be here for this when we uncover this. Um, Hottie uh, McWimple is like, oh, and shit, there's the seal of the seven jackals. So he sees, like, another seal, and he's like, and it's unbroken. This means that no one has been in here for literally 3,700 years or some shit like that. Like, if it's... You can't get into the tomb without breaking the seal... And it's not, it's not broken. Nobody else has been here. So now we cut to like newspapers being like, you know, tomb of ancient princess uncovered British archaeologists find the biggest discovery of blah, 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 blah. Cut to Cairo 
British Museum of Archaeology is what we see. We see that basically what they've done is they've created, they've taken this tomb that they found, Mm -hmm. and rather than take anything out of it, they've put the museum in there. So they've encased everything in glass. They've, you know, preserved everything so you can, like, actually walk into the tomb, see her sarcophagus, all that kind of stuff. And we learn this is this gallery contains the mummy and complete funerary equipment of the princess Anakesamon, 18th dynasty, circa 1730 BC. All objects in this room are from her unplundered tomb discovered by the British Museum Field Force, 1932. We're now panning around the tomb and we see like all the, you know, display cases and shit like that. Okay. And we pan around to see that old Ardeth Bay is there looking at the mummy girl. Cut to a ball in Cairo. A beautiful ball. And there's a 1930s hottie. A dance ball? A dance ball. Oh, I was what just kind thinking, of, ball were you thinking? The, of a ball, just a big old ball. It's just a big old ball. And then we see a ball. Everyone I knows about the pyramids, but do you guys know about the big balls mm-hmm. in Egypt? Yeah. Right. So they're the lost balls of Osiris. The lost balls of Osiris. You're so right. Actually, I don't actually know if they found his balls. I don't know if it was just his penis that was missing or if it was his balls as well I'll post more to it where are Osiris's balls is he in possession of them or is he not join our Patreon to find out where Osiris's balls reside <laughs> um, so Hadi at a gala a, a celebration a dance ball And she's like, you know, on a window seat, just kind of gazing out to the city of Cairo. And um, she's approached by who we recognize to be as Dr. Miller. And he calls her Helen. He's kind of like, why are you staring off into the distance, Helen? And she kind of like... He's a little melancholy, you know, just like, oh, you know, Cairo, I'm so bored of it or whatever the fuck. I don't know. She says something about Cairo being like too modern now or something like that. And um, she makes sure that he knows that she's very grateful that he's allowing her to stay with him and his wife because she doesn't have to hang out with her dad who is, uh, she says, in that dreadful, dreadful Sudan, is what she says. We pan over to two dudes at a table who, I love the way old movies do exposition. They just had two random strangers go, hey, who's that girl over there? And who's that guy talking to her? And (laughs) And the other guy says, oh, that's Dr. Miller. He is a uh, renowned Egyptian 
occult uh, expert, and that is Helen Grosvenor, who is the daughter of the governor of the Sudan. English, of course. That's an actual line. They needed to make sure that we knew that, you know, she was pure-blooded British, not (laughs) Sudanese. So that's who they are. Cut to Ardith down at that tomb again. Ardith. And hanging out with the Thoth. Thardith and Thoth. Thoth. Ar- Thardith and Thoth. And um, da. Oh, a security guard comes in and is like, yo, bro, we're like fucking closed and shit. But Dr. Wemple comes in behind him and he's like, you know, who are you? And Ardith Bay is like, I'm Ardith Bay. And he's like, oh shit. Like, you're the whole reason that this fucking thing exists. Like, my son told me that you gave him like the key to how we fucking uncovered this whole shit. And he's like, if it had anything to do with me, like I would keep this open all night for you. And he goes to like shake Ardith Bay's hand and Ardith like doesn't put his hand out to shake it. Like he's like, no, I don't want to shake her hand. So he's like, listen, I think you're super cool. Uh, They're closing up the museum, but I would love it if you came down to my office to hang out. And so he goes to like kind of lead him to his office and the way that you might like touch someone's elbow to like guide, guide them in the direction you want them to go. And Ardith Bay like pulls his elbow away and he's like, I don't like to be touched. Old Eastern prejudice. Like just being like, I don't know, doesn't want to be touched. So they're now in his office Ardith and Sir Wemple and Hottie Wemple comes in and he's like, yo, what's up, Ardith Bay? He's like, holy shit. Like, where did you run off to after we opened the tomb? Like, we opened the tomb and you were nowhere to be found. And he's like, and Ardith Bay is like, back to Cairo. He just went back to Cairo. Dr. Wemple, he's like, come over. Like, come hang out at my house. Like, I want to talk to you about all kinds of things, and you're the best, and you helped us find this amazing scientific discovery, and this is great. Come over. And this is where Ardith Bay says the line that I will be using from here on out. I'm too occupied to accept invitations. And then walks out. (laughs) That's going to be my line. I'm just going to be like, I'm too occupied to accept invitations. Goodbye. Nobody knows what I'm occupied with, <laughs> but I'm and occupied. they don't need to know. And they don't need to know, but I'm occupied. So he bails because he is too occupied to accept invitations, so he leaves. Hot Wemple is like, you know what? I'm fucking mad that all these fucking uh, artifacts that we found we don't get to take back to England. I'm mad that Cairo keeps, gets to keep Cairo's artifacts. <laughs> How dare it? I don't think Cairo should get to keep Cairo's things. I think we should get to keep the things that we did not find in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we, were alerted, we were alerted to it by someone from Cairo. Cairo. It was dug up. By many people from Cairo, I did not a thing to find it, but I want to bring it back with me. Give me those things. (laughs) Give me all my toys, he says. (laughs) 
So Dr. Wemple is like, or whatever the fuck, Sir, Sir Doctor, Sir Doctor Wemple Schnauzer is like, <laughs> he's like, what we do is for science, not for loot. And I was like, look at you with your progressive understanding of cultural appropriation. Um, cut to the tomb room again. The thing he was occupied with was going back to doing the thing that he was disturbed from doing before. And that is to go. Which is just staring. Yeah. So he goes down. Oh. But this time he's not staring. He is kneeling jerking down, off. jerking off his wooden penis. This is Osiris. <laughs> this is where we learn that Ardeth Bay is Osiris come back from the dead. And uh, he's stroking his wooden penis. Um, he's kneeling down and he's got like a little candle in front of him. And then he's got a fucking scroll opened <gasps> up. <gasps> that he's reading from. That's the back to life scroll. Yep. And he just keeps saying. How'd you get that artist? How did he get it? Just keep saying over and over again the name of the princess. Akinesimon. And as he is chanting in the tomb, we cut to the ballroom where Helen is dancing with a man. And all of a sudden she gets real trancy and just stops dancing Walks away from her dude, goes to the coat check, grabs her coat, walks outside, grabs a taxi, and the dude's like, where to, miss? And she's like, le museum de antiquité. Wasn't my best French accent. The museum <laughs> of antiquities is where she's going. That's where mm -hmm. she's headed. Mm -hmm. Cut to Ardith Bay, now chanting... Imhotep. So he's saying, Akinesimon, Imhotep, Akinesimon, Imhotep. And Helen, we hear in the car, is also saying it. What's her deal? Uh-oh. And she's dropped off at the museum. And we see that as her car pulls up, the Wemples... Hottie and dad are getting into their car. So they stop for a second to like, look at like who's getting dropped off at the closed museum in the middle of the night that we just locked up. And she gets up, she just goes up to the door and she like starts pounding on the door. But in that very 1932 damsel in distress way, where it's sort of like your whole body goes into like banging <laughs> on the door and you're you're just overcome with being a woman, I guess. Um, and so, like, the Wemples are like, what the fuck is going on with this bitch? So she's all trancy. Hottie McWemple goes up and is like, uh, we're closed, ma'am. And she just kind of, like, looks at him all trancy and faints to the ground. <sighs> Head on forehead passes out to the ground head on forehead head on forehead that's what i said he hand on forehead it's 
what I meant. Uh, if you join our Patreon, you can see that I was doing the correct gesture. I just used the wrong word. You'll have to join our Patreon to see it. Otherwise, <laughs> you won't know. Uh, <laughs> um, so she faints. So a, a stranger, let me paint the scene for you. A woman appears to be beyond her wits, and she passes out, falls to the ground in front of you. What do you, this isn't a question, but I'm going to give it to you. What do you do? What does hot Frank do? I don't know. Help her. How? Woman is passed out in front of you. Unconscious. Bring her some water. Call. They're outside. 911. No, 911. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know. Google yeah, you do. how to help a passed out person. <laughs> it, yeah, you do. What do you, somebody passed out? What are you gonna do? It's not a trick question. Uh, I I don't know what to do with a passed out person. Is she still passed out? Yeah. I I don't know. Make sure she doesn't like hit her head. Okay. What does he do? Well, now I feel like it's a trick question, so I don't know. It's no trick. Help her up. (laughs) I'll give you a half a point. He picks up her unconscious body and takes her back to his house. And... (laughs) Oh. No No. hospital. Yeah, not that. And um, she... So we cut to her passed out on the couch on a chaise long, if you will. And a chaise lounge? <laughs> a chaise long? It's not a long. <laughs> I hate you. I'm leaving this podcast. I don't want to do it anymore. All right, guys. Looking for a new host. Join our Patreon. It's not a long. <laughs> It's not pronounced long. <laughs> I hate you so much. Anyway. She's passed Who out. Who says long? <laughs> it's actually in what we do in the shadows. When, <laughs> when, uh, when Laszlo goes to the beach and <laughs> asks for a chaise long. Anyway. <laughs> I'll so accept it there. I'll accept it from <laughs> Okay. So she is speaking in ancient Egyptian. And Sir Wemple is like, oh, shit. I recognize the name she's saying. She's saying Imhotep and Ankesenaman, princess. And he's like, that ain't good. Like, why does she know that name? Because she's a woman. She's not educated. This isn't me being, like, joking. Like, they're like, how would she ever possibly know that name, who that is? And so they cut back to the tomb where Ardith Bay is, and he's still chanting over the scroll, and a security guard is flashlighting around and sees Ardith Bay doing his little ritual in front of the coffin. Question five, what do you do? What does the guard do? I'm sure the guard is like, sir, we're closed. Time time to go home. Okay. 
And I assume if I'm a security guard, I would do the same. Point for the guard. This is an instance where you need to be bad at your job, Kim, and we'll find out why in a moment. It's impossible for me. I know, it is. But I'm too good at everything I do. In this moment, it got you murdered because <laughs> Ardith Bay tries to run away. Um, but uh, the security guard runs after him. And off screen, we hear the security guard die. Ah. <laughs> but we don't see it. So... <laughs> Kim was trying to do like a far away death, I think, is what she was going for. <laughs> so, cut. To, so, we don't really know what happened, but we do know that off screen we heard what, Kim? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, now we cut to Dr. Miller showing up at the Wemples. Uh huh. And. This is where we yeah, see our guy. we see our first example of blackface, um, because rather than hiring an Egyptian actor, they hired an American or not an American. I don't know if he's American and put him in blackface. Oh no! Yeah, it's listen. It, this who's Boris Karloff in this? I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know Boris. <laughs> Boris Karloff is uh, Ardith Bay. Boris, wait. <laughs> Boris Karloff is Ardith Bay. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, Bordeth. <laughs> oh, Bordeth Bay. Bordeth Karloff bathe. <laughs> so, Bordeth. Wait, <laughs> Carlisle is a name that, but Karloff is not is his name. <laughs> but Carlisle is like a name of a person, right? I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> like a famous person. I'm sure that there's a famous Carlisle somewhere. Yeah, I don't know them. But this is Boris Karloff. Karloff. And he's playing Ardith Bay. Bordeth. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So back to blackface. <laughs> no. So it's it's just it's just black like it's just blackface. Like they just paint people. And it's just so uncomfortable because like oh God, I'll get to it. Like it's so fucking uncomfortable. So this person is referred to as the Nubian. He doesn't even have a name. Also, he's not black. He's white. And he's painted black. And he has no character name. He's just the Nubian. And he's the servant of Dr. Wemple. And Dr. Miller comes and he's like, yo, where's your master? M-A-S-T-E-R. Oh. <laughs> and... The Nubian shows him in. And I was like, I'm so fucking uncomfortable right now. Like, I haven't been able to move past a man scooping up an unconscious woman and bringing her back to his home and being treated as the hero. 
now I'm dealing with this. So Dr. Miller comes in and Helen is now talking to Hottie Wemple, who's got just a big, giant fucking grin on his face. And she's like, how did I get here? I don't know where I am. But she's being very polite about it because she doesn't want to offend anyone, uh, though I'm sure she's very scared. Uh, she's doing a great job at remaining polite and amicable to the men surrounding her. And the doctor comes in and is like, well, did you introduce yourself, Helen? No. Okay, I'll do it for you. And he's like, doctor, this is Helen Grosiver, and she's the, you know, who her dad is. And he's like, okay, now that you're okay, time to take you back to my house. And I was like, nobody has checked this woman out for anything. You put her on a chaise long, you let her wake up, and then you're whisking her back off to your hotel. Also, like, has anyone asked her if she's okay? So Dr. Wemple is like, she should rest. And he's like, but come into the parlor with me, Dr. Miller. And then he tells his son to make yourself agreeable to her. So Frank sits down with her hottie Frank. And she's like, why am I here? Why was I there at the museum? Extremely chill about all of everything that's happening. And, uh, hottie McFrank is just like, I don't know. And I wouldn't know. All I know is that you fainted and passed out in front of me and I brought you back to my home. And he's like, also, are you part Egyptian? And she's like, yes, my mother was Egyptian. And Hottie is like kind of trying to flirt with her by being like, oh, man, I would have liked the dig site a lot more if you were around because you're really hot. And he's like, let me tell you about some stuff I found. I found this tomb with this princess and I went through all of her clothes and all of her toiletries and all of her possessions. And I really felt like I got to know this bitch. So then I unwrapped her body and wouldn't you know it, I fell in love with a dead woman, is what he says, to flirt. That's little, his flirting. Little Man Muller is saying, or no, other guy. Wemple. Wemple is saying this. Okay. And she says. He unwrapped her? Yeah. Okay. The metaphor is almost too on the nose for me about that. And she says, you need to open graves to find someone to fall in love with you then. And <laughs> zing, zinger. But she says it with a smile. She doesn't actually want to offend him. And then he's like, I know what it is about you. And then he says, your head. What? And then he's cut the off. I don't know what he was going to say about her head. But I was like, have you ever had a man compliment you on your head? I'm like, the shape, the placement. What do you like about it? No. Got no, a lot of well, no's compliments. Oh, I thought you meant like, no. I've gotten a lot of no's. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of N-O's. <laughs> I got a lot of a no lot of N-O's about, about that my head. head. <laughs> <laughs> they saw it and they went a-running. Yeah, they said, I don't want that head. It's all wrong <laughs> for me. <laughs> so. No, my cute nose. Your cute little nose. You do have a little button nose. So we cut to Wemple and Muller, who are in the um, parlor while Frank is flirting with a kidnapped woman. 
Says a lot for someone whose favorite movie is Overboard. Overboard. Don't think I don't. Don't think that doesn't keep me up at night. Don't think that 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 uh, that um, cognitive dissonance doesn't torture me to this day. <laughs> don't bring up my trauma. It's really rude. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome is real, and I suffer from it. And I talk about it in therapy. Who are you, Stockholm? To Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since your first viewing of the movie. Yeah, totally. Okay. It's really it's really messed me up. And I don't appreciate your glib um, bringing up of a topic that's very sensitive. Moving on to this kidnapped woman, <laughs> not by Kurt Russell. I'd have a whole other story to tell if it was by Kurt Russell. So Wemple is like, yo, she said the name Imhotep. And Dr. Miller stands and is like, what? Oh, shit. And then Muller asks, he's like, what was Ardeth Bay doing at the tomb? That was weird, huh? And at that moment, the Nubian comes in. I don't feel comfortable calling him that, but that is what he's titled in the credits. And I also don't want to call him slave or servant. So I'm going with the Nubian. And he's like, yo, a guard was found dead at the museum. So we Why cut. Don't we just call him Jeff. Jeff, I love it. Jeff. So Jeff comes <laughs> in and says, "Yo, a guard is dead at the museum." Cut to Wemple and Muller Miller examining the dead guard, and the other guards are there, being like, "We don't know what happened. Like he just there's no he just died of like shock. Like there's no." wound there's no nothing like he's just dropped dead and they're like but he did have this in his hands Mm. and they were like so wait a minute nothing was stolen a guard is dead by magic and not only was nothing stolen but an artifact was left here which is the scroll of the the scroll thoth scroll thoth scroll yeah (gasps) and Miller is like, what the fuck? Like, this is, this is not so. And Dr. Wemple is like, that bitch has been missing for 10 fucking years. The same amount of time that the mummy has been missing. Cut back to Hottie Wemple propping her up on a pillow. And he's like, do you want to know why I didn't take you to the hospital? And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> I do I do want to know why you didn't take her to the hospital that's a direct line by the way that's not me putting it on he says do you know, want to know why I didn't take you to the hospital and why? his reason is in 1932 language uh, I'll translate it for you just make it really succinct it's because I wanted to fuck you uh, <laughs> that's that's the gist of it And what he actually says is, because when I held you in my arms, and she says, hadn't you better not commit yourself? Uh, And he's like, I I know it seems absurd when we've only known each other a short time, but I'm serious. And she says, haven't I had enough excitement for one evening without the additional thrill of a strange man making love to me? Oh! Oh! I was like, ma'am, I know it is 1932, but let me hop in my time machine from 2023 and let you know that that 
situation would not be a man making love to you. That would be a man kidnapping you and forcing himself upon you and claiming he fell in love with you by looking at your face while it was unconscious, passed out. And he says, but I've never been serious about this sort of thing before. And she laughs at him like she chuckles. We know what happens. They don't like that. They don't like it. He says, now look here. You can tell me to go to the devil, but you can't laugh at me. And then he kisses her. Wow. They knew it back in 1932 that men didn't like to be laughed at by women. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. caused toxic masculinity. Here we are. Yeah. A hundred years later and we fixed it. Also, I just want to be super clear. Yes, we did fix it. Thank God. <laughs> um, I do want to be super clear that despite this exchange, this is our love story. This is our meet cute. No, okay. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Just, you know, it's no overboard, <laughs> but just as romantic. So he is making out with her. Cut to Dr. Wemple and Miller coming back inside and they see them kissing. What do you do? What do they do? Is this to try to stay alive? I think that they are like, oh, the children are kissing. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. Okay. <laughs> and I am... Who am I? Them. Oh, the old men. Both of them. Mm-hmm. I am... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to be like, we have an emergency. Thoth! We found Thoth! <laughs> uh, I'll give you a point for breaking up the kissing. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get a second point because you didn't say stand there and watch for a while. <laughs> watch him make out for a minute. And then Dr. Wemple continues to watch his son make out with this just recently conscious woman and he says oh no she's cursed and now the curse is passed to him but then they just kind of let them kiss for a little bit longer and then Muller, Miller tells him to shush and they just like walk past them back into the parlor so I guess the dad just didn't care that his son was cursed um, didn't seem to bother him How too much. How did she get cursed? We don't that kind of came out of the blue for me. So we'll get there when I got there, uh, which is not yet. So Hottie then tells Helen to stay there because he's going to go talk to the old men in the parlor. But before he leaves, he turns down the lights, like changes the mood lighting in the room and then walks in. And they're now in Wemple's office and he's like... Imahotep was alive the same time as the virgin princess. Okay, so they're basically just like Imahotep, the name she was saying, was alive at the same time as the princess we unmarried. That's in the yeah. museum y thing. Yeah, yeah. Wemple seems like not all there. Like he seems like a. Like 
stuporish or like kind of upset about something, like kind of just in a, tr- like not in a trance, but just like overcome or overwhelmed by something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hottie comes in and is like, okay, well, what does this have to do with us? I'm trying to make out with this bitch out there. And, and he's like, also, if there are all manner of devils in this scroll that you found, he's like, let's burn it. Let's burn it and burn the tomb. Let's burn the whole fucking thing to the ground. Dr. Miller is like, that's not a terrible idea. And obviously, (laughs) Dr. Wemple is like, no, it's science. And Dr. Miller is like, do you still believe that the mummy was stolen, Dr. Wemple? And Wemple is like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. (laughs) So, question seven. Um, What do you decide to do? What do they decide to do? Burn it. Burn it all to the ground. That's what I'm doing. All right. They decide to investigate further, maybe more of the tomb and the lady mummy. Or where, oh no, or wherever we found Imhotep, one of those places. I'll give you a point for that. So, cut back to Jeff uh, opening the door to another man. And this time it's Ardeth Bay. Ardeth Bay is at the door. Ardeth. And he, like, Jeff, like, answers the door and, like, bows to him. Like, bows to Ardeth Bay and, like, kisses his hand. We then cut to Ardeth Bay coming into the room where Helen is, and she's asleep on the couch. Ardeth Bay, who's very creepy looking, stands over her and stares at her sleeping. Bonus question. You've been kidnapped by a strange man. Brought back to his hotel, or whatever the fuck he is. You've fallen back to sleep, after he's turned the lights down and told you that he wants to make love to you rather than take you to the hospital. And you wake up to see an old man staring at you while you sleep. What do you do? Scream. Scream. Okay. She opens her eyes and politely says, I'm Helen. Who are you? (laughs) And he... Like, I guess she's kind of freaked out, but it's, like, still wildly polite. Like, her first priority is to be polite and not offend this man staring at her sleeping. But he says, he's like, I want to see one of the old guys. Can I sit here and wait with you until they come out? And she says, yes, of course. And he asks, he's like, have I met you before? And she says, I think I'd recall meeting someone like you, Mr. Bay. And he then, like, senses that she's Egyptian. And she's like, how did you know? My mother was Egyptian. Now they're standing, like, way too close to each other, just kind of, like, staring into each other's eyes. Back in the office, Miller is like, we got to burn that scroll of Thoth. I am telling you what. it Nothing good <laughs> can come from this scroll of Thoth. Let's get it out of here. And Hottie is like, I hear... Here's someone out there with my girl. Who's who who's out there with my girl? She's mine. 
And he looks and he sees Ardeth Bay. And he's like, quick, uh, Ardeth Bay is here. What do the men do before going out to meet Ardeth Bay? And what do you do with the scroll? Uh, they hide the scroll. What do you do? Um, I burn the scroll. I think based on the lore, that's correct. Regardless, you got the point. I don't actually care. These points don't matter. Um, (laughs) So they hide it in the bookshelf. So before they go out, you're right. They hide it in the bookshelf. The three men then come into the par- to the room, and fucking Helen and Ardeth Bay are just staring at each other, standing way too close to each other. And listen, no tea, no shade. This guy just doesn't look like he smells good. So I just don't know why they're standing so close to each other. But here we are. And Helen is like, yes, Mr. Ardeth Bay here introduced himself, not breaking eye contact, like not acknowledging anyone else in the room but still talking to them and Miller tells everyone to sit down and she does but like kind of trancy and he's like Ardeth Bay how the fuck did you know where that tomb was how did you know how to tell Frank Wemple how to get to that tomb you old coot and Ardeth Bay is like inference and knowledge which is kind of how anyone finds anything really (laughs) inference and knowledge it's how we find literally anything so he's not wrong and they tell him they're like you know you were hanging out at that tomb an awful lot mister and guess who's dead there now a guard know anything about that bitch And Helen is just, like, still staring. They're still staring at each other. And Helen perks up at this, though, and she's like, someone was killed when I was there? And Ardeth Bay is like, you were there? Mm. And then they keep staring at each other. And Dr. Miller is like, Helen, it's late. You're tired. And you're a woman. So I'm taking you back (laughs) to my house. And he tells Frank to take her back to the hotel. And Frank is like, if she'll let me. And I'm like, well, you didn't ask her before. I don't know why you're asking her now. So she's like, no, I don't want to go. I've never felt so alive. I I want to stay. I I don't want to go to bed. And Miller is like, bitch, you got to rest because you fainted. And she's like, I'm not tired. I've never felt so alive. No. And then he's like, I'm your doctor. I insist that you go back to my hotel because I'm your doctor. And I said, aren't you a doctor of a Egyptian doctor of occult? Like Egyptology? 100. Occultism? 100. <laughs> but he definitely called her at one point prior to me making that very connection you speak of as his favorite patient. And I was like, are you fucking examining this bitch because she's part Egyptian? Is that what you are doing? Are you, what is happening here? So he's like, you're a woman, so you have to go. And she's like, oh, right. I forgot. I'm a woman. I will listen to you. Au revoir, Ardeth Bay. 
And she's like, I gotta see you again, bro. Like, you are way too into There, uh, something, something about you. I'm, I'm into it. And he's like, I'd be honored. And then Helen and Frank peace out. So now, Miller is really digging into Ardeth Bay, goddammit. He's like, you know what? Nothing was stolen from that crime, but there was a gift left there. And he shows him, he's like, before we left the scroll at the museum, we had someone write down some of the stuff it said. So he holds up another piece of paper, like a transcription, and it's hieroglyphs. And Ardeth Bay is like, I can't read that. And he's like, whatever do you mean? He's like, it's older than the 18th dynastic text, which is what I'm an expert in. And uh, uh, which is why I was able to read the word onikesanamen 10 years ago or whatever. So he basically said, he's like, this Egyptian is too old. It's older. I can't read it. And Muller is like, this scroll and the mummo were stolen 10 years ago. And Ardith Bay is like, hmm, weirdsies. I, I don't know. Can I, can, I see, can I see that scroll, perhaps? And Wemple, very unconvincingly, sort of over in his chair, just like really going through it for some reason. He's just like, it's, it's, it's at the museum, which we know it's not. It's in his bookcase. And then Muller is like, I have another thing to show you. And he shows him a photograph of the mummy. And God damn it, if that fucking mummy doesn't bear a striking re- resemblance to old Borlith Carlisle. The mummy does? How? In what way? Well, it wasn't a face-wrapped mummy. We could see his whole face. Oh. Oh, the mummy brought him back to life. Mummy brought himself back to life, and now he's Borlith Karloff. Yeah, Borlith Karloff. (laughs) The old (laughs) is the mummy. (laughs) And Ardith Bay is like, Why are you showing what's your man got to do with me? Why are you showing me this picture? What do you want? What's going on? And Miller looks at him, he's like, Any chance this shit wasn't stolen the mummy and the scroll wasn't stolen but it was actually taken by the mummy himself and given a semblance of life by the spell of the scroll and you're the mummy and i was like oh oh he thought the same thing i did and said it out loud he just said it right the fuck out loud he just was like oh damn you're the mummy i see it i mean listen they do look exactly the same (laughs) He does not, and he didn't have any glasses to put on. Well, that's like Clark not part Kent. of the thought is that you get to change your face. Yeah, you just so come back to life. He's just a straight. So, but Miller just being like, "So you're the mummy, right? Just you're the mummy. That's who you are." And I was Ardith- just thinking to myself that for the mummy, what? this movie has not a lot of mummy in it. Like I was like, "Where's mummy? I need more mummy in my life." Couldn't agree with you more. Less less misogyny. And racism, more mummy, is what I'd like. <laughs> um, Ardith Bay doesn't deny it. He just says, the scroll was my property. I bought it off a dealer, and I know it's in this house. And Muller is like, we foresaw this. We foresaw you coming here. And so just so you know... 
we set it up so that if you uh, do anything to harm us, the scroll will be destroyed. So don't you do anything. (laughs) (laughs) And Ardeth Bay is like, bitch, you have studied our ancient arts and you know that you cannot harm me because I'm the mummy. And you also know (laughs) that you must return that scroll to me or die. Now, tell that weak fool to get that scroll wherever it is and hand it to his Nubian servant. Uh, So the weak soul or the weak fool is Sir Wemple. Wemple. And... He is like, you know, have the Nubian give me the scroll. Question nine, what do you do? What do they do? I think that it's best to give the scroll back. Okay. I think that they do not. Double ding. Yeah, we're trying to keep you alive. You. Mm -hmm. This mummy wants a scroll. It kind of looks like he'll leave you the fuck alone if you give it to him. I don't know what he's going to do with it. But it kind of seems like I'm going to be left out of it if I give him the scroll. So <laughs> I agree. And at that moment, Wemple kind of wakes up because he realizes that he's made his servant his own slave. He stole my Nubian or whatever the fuck. And Dr. Miller is like, the ancient blood. So you have made him your slave, Jeff. If I could get my hands on you, I'd break your dried flesh to pieces. But your power is too strong. And then we get like a close-up frame of Boris Karloff's mummy face. And it's creepy. I think you've probably seen the frame before. They just kind of do like a, like, just just a headshot of him like looking real creepy. So then Ardith Bay just leaves. He's like, bye. Y'all know what to do. You better get me that fucking scroll, bitch. Uh, Because y'all know I'm the mummy. Y'all know I'm going to fuck shit up. (laughs) Better get me that goddamn scroll. I'm out of here. Bye. Bring in in Jeff with me. See ya. Especially these guys. They know what the box said. Yeah. Yeah. They know the thought box. So Miller tells Wemple to burn the scroll. Burn it, he says. Cut to Ardith Bay, who made it back to his home. Lickety split. I mean, mummy powers. I don't know. He looks very slow. Maybe he speeds it up when he's not on screen. Where's his um, I mean, it's not next door. And it, what we see now is that immediately after he leaves, Miller says, burn the scroll to Wemple. Wemple goes to uh, burn the scroll in his fireplace. Ardith Bay is at his place looking into a scrying pool in his home. Come again? A scrying pool. So, do you know what scrying is? It's uh, looking into water to see visions. Ooh. So it's a, a scrying pool. And he's watching Wemple place the scroll into the fireplace. He then starts chanting. Ardith Bay starts chanting and squeezing the air. And Wemple starts holding his heart. <gasps> oh! told you you were gonna get killed if you he fucking told uh, if you. you opened the box and fucked with the scroll yeah he fucking told you so he's like he crumples to the ground with a heart attack dies 
And then Ardeth Bay at his scrying pool kind of collapses in exhaustion. Cut to. It's a lot of energy killing takes a, guy a long lot distance. of energy telepathically. To squeeze someone's someone's heart to death yeah it's tough it's tough work and he's so old kim he's so old i mean at least 200 years at least 200 years which is approximately when the pyramids were built so that checks out about 200 years ago um so now we cut to jeff coming in after sir wemple has died uh dr miller's not there anymore i think dr miller was like, burn that scroll, and then left, I guess. Because um, Jeff comes in. What does Jeff do? Question 10, what do you do? What does Jeff do? Well, what does Jeff know? What's Jeff, well, Jeff, what's he walking Jeff, into? Uh, Jeff's walking into an unburned scroll sitting on top of... Oh, Jeff is in... I thought Jeff went with Borloff. That was confusing. They accused him of, like, taking him as his servant. But at that moment, I guess Jeff didn't leave with him. Okay. So Jeff is at Wimple's, Wimple's house. And yeah. he walks into dead Wemple, unburned scroll. Oh, I think he grabs the scroll hand in hand and we take it to Borloff. That's two half points. Uh, because he does do that, but he throws in a little misdirect because he grabs some papers off the table, puts those in the fire and lights them. Oh, so it's like, you see, there's the scroll burn ashes. There they are. Cut to Miller coming in, seeing a dead Bade and the dead Bade's son comes in as well. Rather than saying, oh, no, someone is dead, he says, well, looks like your father destroyed the scroll and knew it would mean his life to save us. But no emotion. (laughs) No, no, call the coroner, call the, call the anybody, call the, pick him up and take him to your house. Like what? Nothing. Just, just great. He burned the scroll. Moving on, I hope this was enough grieving time for you, son of the dead man on the ground. Because we have things to do, and you have a woman to steal. So, he hands him a necklace, or like a a little statue that's on a chain. And he's like, this is Isis. Put it on. Because she's the Egyptian symbol of life. It was meant for your father. Like, I was coming over here to bring this to him. But I guess he doesn't need it anymore because if you haven't forgotten, he has no life anymore. He's right there, dead (laughs) on the ground. So do you want it? Do you want to wear it? Maybe keep you alive? And Hottie is like, my dad died of a heart attack. And not not because Ardeth Bay is the mummy brought back to life. And Miller is like... That security guard appeared to die of natural causes as well. And Hottie Frank is like, rah, rah, rah. and he's like, how does eh. Frank even know about any of this? Wasn't he gone the whole time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that question for you. <laughs> but then he also says, he's like, also your servants missing. That's pretty suspicious too. 
Only a mummy would be able to do that. (laughs) And Hottie says, oh, he'll be back. I was like, why? (laughs) Why would he be back? I I don't, you guys, you don't even call him by his God-given name, Jeff. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Then he's like, Dr. Miller is like, okay, on to more important business. I saw that you have the hots for my patient. And being the man in closest proximity to her, I give you my blessing. And he's like, I think she likes you too. Or at least is polite enough to make you believe so, which is all we need in terms of 1932. Come back to the hotel with me. And he's like, but first phone her and tell her not to leave the the room. Miller then grabs an envelope and puts some of the ashes from the scroll, quote unquote, into an envelope. Cut to Helen getting the phone call, being like, okay, I won't leave. And she's like, of course, in like a robe. You can see the robe. And like her slippers are heels, which I'm just like, God (laughs) damn it. God damn it. She also has a dog. German Shepherd. A German Shepherd. That's a big dog. Cut to them in a car. So the two of them are in a car. Please, I do need you to remember, Frank's father's body is still laying on the ground. (laughs) Nobody sacrificed himself for us. Okay. Yeah. We can't waste our time there. And Frank has no complicated feelings about it at all whatsoever. He's fine. So... They are in a car, and Muller is now examining the ashes with a magnifying glass, and he just super chill is like, these ashes are newspaper, not papyrus like the scroll. Gosh darn it. And Hottie is like, so the Nubian murdered him, and now that creature has it. And Muller gives him the Isis pendant, and he's like, you really need to wear this, dude. You really need to wear this protective ISIS necklace. Question 11, what do you do? What does Hottie Wemple do? Wear the necklace. Okay. I'm concerned that you're even asking the question as if he's not going to wear the necklace. Uh, I mean, I'm wearing the necklace. I wish I had it to wear right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he... Won't? Doesn't? That's one and a half points. It's a necklace, Kim. He's a man. He can't wear jewelry. So he puts it in his pocket. Like a masculine man would. Oh, he does answer this question. He says, Helen doesn't need to wear it. Because she's a woman and her life is less important. No. Uh, (laughs) Because... It's not her life that's in danger, just her soul. Her soul. I was like, that seems worse to me, but okay. And he says, with her soul. We'll find out. He says, if love comes to her from you, then the creature will try to destroy you to keep her. So you're the one who has to wear the necklace, basically. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So then we see that same frame of. Borleth Carlisle as the mummy in his scary face. Cut to Helen 
who left her goddamn hotel room despite the men in her life telling her not to leave. And she's, she's a walking. Woman. She does what she wants. She is. She is a modern woman. Let's see where that gets her. Because she's walking with her German shepherd and her German shepherd does not want to go where she is going. So question 12, what do you do? What does she do? Your German shepherd is literally like, no, mom, no, no. You got to you gotta trust the animals. They know. They mm-hmm. know. Okay. When they start barking at nothing. That's a there. ghost. That's a ghost. That's a ghost. Yep. So I'm going with my doggo. And I think she's like, oh, come on. Come this way. Correct. She just pulls in. I don't know what accent that was. Oh, it was good. It's what it was. It's perfect. Um, So she pulls him into the door that she's going to. And Jeff answers now. Jeff. Jeff's Jeff's now at Ardeth Bay's place because he brought him the scroll. She comes in. She's now at Ardeth Bay's place. She's at Ardeth Bay's place. She, she walks in. She walked with her German shepherd from the hotel. I don't how know how she, she knew where it is. Transbrain. <laughs> mummy. She's infected with mummy. Mummy brain. Um, so she comes into Art of Bay's parlor. Maybe she's the descendant of accoutrement. Accoutrement. Uh, yep. <laughs> that other mummy. Lady mummy. Yeah. And... He's like, oh, great. You're here. Perfect. I telepathied you here, and now you are. Wonderful. And he's like, my servant, Jeff, will take care of your <laughs> terrified dog. And we also see that Ardith Bay has a fluffy white cat that runs away. So they both sit down by his scrying pool, and he like kind of waves his hand in front of her face, and he's like, you won't recall what I show you but it will awaken memories of love and crime and death. Oh. So here's what we see. We see Ardith Bay and Helen, but they are not Ardith Bay and Helen. They are in ancient, ancient Egypt, and they are Imhotep and Ankenesimon. I knew it. Ankenesimon slash Helen is on her deathbed. Uh, and uh, Ardith Bay is like by her bedside, very sad and in love with her and holding her hand. And she dies with a full face of makeup, a beautiful sequin. Uh, I'm sure sequins were readily available in ancient Egypt um, for this outfit she's wearing. And then she dies with the beautiful smile on her face. Good and thing. yeah. Uh, we see a whole funeral procession. Um, it is um, almost all white people playing Egyptians. Um, all of the, like, Egyptians that are of the royal blood, you know, because she's a princess, right, uh, are all white people playing Egyptians. Now, they do have some black people playing Egyptians, but what do you think those actors are doing? No, they're actually black people. They were given roles. What do you think their roles were, though? Slaves. You got it. You got it. Yeah, so they did cast some black people. But they were slaves. (laughs) Any Egyptian that had lines 
or was in royal garb was a white person or a white person in blackface. So after she dies in the past, Imhotep Ardith Bay breaks into her tomb and steals the, sorry, doesn't break into her tomb, breaks into the place, the tomb of the gods. That's where he breaks into and steals the scroll of Thoth. That's what he does. Oh, which is not allowed. Correct. They don't like that. He then goes back to her tomb and tries to bring her back to life by thothing his scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he's caught. So his dad, it's his dad, I guess. I thought it would have been her dad, but it's his dad. I guess, you know, uh, sentences him to what they call a nameless death where he is to be mummied alive and we see the whole thing them wrapping him up and he's like wow 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 they're wrapping him up mummied alive then they put him into his sarcophagus that's a horrible way to die horrible 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 i hate that just so many levels of horrible so they put him in, and then to add insult to injury, they scrape all the jewels and everything off his sarcophagus with chisels to be like, you don't even get this shit, bitch. And he's buried somewhere that no one knows. They, they bury him in a secret place, and then the slaves that took him to the secret place are murdered by soldiers, <gasps> and then those soldiers are murdered, so nobody knows where he was buried. Whoa. But I found a loophole because I'm like, who murdered the soldiers? Wouldn't they know where it was? The soldiers probably came back and then they murdered them. Oh, okay. Fair. So, cut to present day. And Ardith Bay is like talking to entranced Helen. And he's like, no one has suffered like I have for you. And he's like, but Bost must wage one final death or some shit like that on the boy whose love is creeping into your heart. And then he like wakes her up and she's like, was I asleep? I had a dream about ancient Egypt and you were there and you were there. And you, and you, and Yes. And then he says, oh, sorry, my pool is sometimes troubled. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what? His seeing pool. Your pool is sometimes troubled. Yeah. I just saw something weird in my pool. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, Then we hear a dog howl in a not good way. And we hear Helen call for him. His name is Wolfram. I love the name Wolfram. Wolfram. Oh, we should add that. So you're getting three dogs now. What are my other team's names? Tedward Lobos. (laughs) Robert. Montague Renfield. Montague Renfield. And now Wolfram. Wolfram Jeff. Wolfram Jeff (laughs) the third. Carlisle. (laughs) Carlisle. The third. <laughs> D's getting three dogs. Get ready. <laughs> so Wolfram is his name. She runs to Wolfram. 
cut her coming back to her hotel dogless. And I was what like, happened to Wolfram? I was like, ma'am, what happened to Wolfram is right. Why are you so chill being without your dog? Hottie McWemple, Frank, is already there. And he's like, I demand an explanation for where you were. I told you to stay here. And she's like, it was stuffy in here. I can't be shut up all the time. And I don't like the feeling I'm always being watched. She's, and then she says, I took the dog with me on a walk. And he's like, where's the dog? And she's like, he's dead. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I was team Helen. And now I'm team Thoth. I'm team Thoth. That's everybody can go fuck themselves. No, I'm team Isis, honestly. Isis is the queen bitch up in here. So he's like, well, where were you? And she's like, I don't remember. And she says something uh, about, but I can see it. Uh, a white cat standing on Wolfram's back. And he's like, the cat got us bast. And she's like, yes, there was a statue of Bast right where he was. And he's like, the goddess of evil sendings. And I'm like, that's incorrect. She's not the fucking goddess of evil sendings. I'll be right the fuck back. <laughs> what's up? I don't have any understanding as to what's currently happening. <laughs> I am fully lost. I'll get my goddess cards, though, too. When I tell you, thank you, yes, they literally say that Bast is the goddess of evil sendings. She's actually the Egyptian goddess of the home, domesticity, women's secrets, cats, fertility, and childbirth. Otherwise known as evil sendings, I guess. She protected the home from evil spirits and disease, especially diseases associated with women and childbirth. That made me want to throw... According to my goddess cards, she's the card of independence, which is evil. Evil. Women can't be independent. Interestingly enough, Isis's card is the past life. Oh, your that past money life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's trying to get her to remember where the fuck she was. And he's like, I know you were with Ardeth Bay. And he's like, oh, Helen, I love you. I love you. I'm trying to help you and protect you. We all are. She's like, don't let me go again, Frank. I'll try to get away, but you mustn't let me. No matter what I do or what I say, there's death for me there. And life for something else inside of me that isn't me. But it's alive, too, and fighting for life. Save me from it, Frank. Save me. <laughs> and he says, oh, everything's going to be all right. Now that you've asked for help, I'll never leave you alone. And he says, I'll get Mrs. Muller down here with you, and I'll stay here till the doctor comes. And then we'll take you to my house and kidnap you like a true husband should of his wife that he met yesterday. And, oh, Helen, it's been such torture these less than 24 hours I've known you and not been <laughs> able to fuck you on a couch. I love you so. So now we cut her in bed. And she gets all the nurses but one of them to, like, leave. Like, she's like, leave. I'm fine. I'm all good. And she says to one of them, she's like, I don't like that doctor. Please go in there and find out what he's saying about me. And Mrs. Miller 
is like, oh, I will, my dear. He'll, he'll know just what's the matter with you and cure you. And she then says, um, she's like, hey, can you help me get dressed? And Mrs. Farthing is like, you told me that when you ask me to help you get dressed so that you can leave, that I'm not supposed to let you leave. So I'm not going to do that. And she's like, um, she's like, I'm not going to let you leave because you told me that when you ask to leave, that's exactly when you shouldn't leave. Okay. Question 13. What do you do? What does Helen do? I mean... I don't even understand what's happening anymore. So I'm going to sneak out hand in hand. No, she's going to be like, we're going to get out hand in hand. Zero points. That will not keep either of you alive. So here we go. She gets her to lie down I live again. my life as my goddess, full goddess self. Well. Bring me Thoth back to life. We'll find out what that'll mean. So now she kind of like starts freaking out. And she's like, do you want me to bring you Dr. Miller or Dr. Wemple or Mr. Wemple or one of the Wemples or like what's going on? And she's like, I'll die if I don't get away. And the nurse is like, Helen, you've got to calm down. You're always so excited after you start like having one of your fits. And then they kind of start talking. She like kind of lays down and then they kind of start talking about her. And they're like, she's too weak to be removed except to a hospital. And they're like, no, we insist on keeping her here under our direct observation. Not take her to a place where she could be saved, like a hospital. Um, but they're like, she gets weaker every day. And they're like, we don't care. We need to find Ardeth Bay and figure out this whole mummy situation. And she's our key to do it. So then she kind of wakes up again. And she's like, here's her plan to get them to let her leave. She says, Mrs. Farthing, would you bring me my toilet things? I'd like some color and that lovely negligee from Paris. And she's like, you can't, my dear. They'll never allow it. And she's like, oh, I don't want to leave. I, I just want to show Frank that I, I can look well. I want him to see me look well again. She say my toilet things? Yes. It's like her toilet trees. Like makeup oh. and things. Yeah. And so she gets herself all dolled up and then Frank comes in and he's like, you shouldn't have done this. Like you're, it's, you're too weak to put on makeup and negligees. And she's like, oh, but I wanted to make you happy, darling. I do love you, Frank. And I'm trying to prove it by looking beautiful despite dying. I still must look beautiful, you know, as a woman. It doesn't matter that I'm dying. So uh, he says, he's like, all right. Listen, I think these impulses to leave and not being able to leave are what's making you weak and it's killing you. Like, I think the longer you, like, can't go, even though you're being pulled, it's going to kill you. So he's like, and also, you might lead us to him. So next time you have one of these impulses, we're going to let you go and we're going to follow you. So... She's like, but I, I don't want to lose my mind and be someone else, someone I hate. And he's like, my dear, while you were growing worse, we tried to find him and we failed, Ardeth Bay. So question 15, what do you decide to do? What does Helen decide to do? Oh, maybe she tells them where he is. 
I I don't know why I can't just live my life as a goddess, a risen mummy goddess. That's what I'm doing. Zero points. <laughs> I I really like your idea. I wish she had been like, oh, I guess she doesn't technically remember where he lives. Oh, because she was all trancy. Yeah, I guess I, I was like, oh, why didn't she just do that? But yeah, I guess she didn't really remember. So um, he's like, she like agrees. Like next time I have a trance or whatever, I'll go. Something like that. Cut to Hottie reading the paper on the couch outside her bedroom. And the nurse comes out and she's like, I gave her some bromide so she'd sleep. I got to know what bromide is, by the way. And... I'm going to go to bed. So the nurse is going to bed. Question 16. What do you do? What does he do? Goes to make love to his new love of his life. Wife life. Just kidding. He doesn't. (laughs) She's asleep, (laughs) hopped up on bromide. But I'm sure that was par for the course somewhere. So (laughs) Uh, I... I don't know. I... um, what is my goal? To stay alive. I'm Frank. Hmm? Oh, I'm going to put on my necklace. Boom. What does he do? He, he, um, he wants, he is like, um, I'm going to, I don't know. Point for you. Put that necklace on. He does the opposite. He takes the necklace off and hangs it on her door and goes to bed on the couch. Fucking Art of Bay back at his scrying pool is like, perfect. He took the necklace off. Great. I am going in. So as soon as he fucking hangs the necklace, motherfucking Frank starts heart attacking and he tries to like crawl to the door right to like grab the necklace and just as he grabs the necklace he dies <gasps> well so cut to helen a little bit later opens the door steps over frank and starts trance walking in her nightgown <laughs> to ardith bay we now cut to her in ardith bay's house in her sequin princess garb the traditional plastic sequins of ancient Egypt and she's like my last memory is of you by my bed and then it went black and he's like yup 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 that's from way back in ancient Egypt I put that there yeah I was by your bed because I loved you so much and 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 I've suffered so for you and so now we can be together all you have to do is climb into her sarcophagus and, like, I'm going to fully kill you. Like, I'm going to fully kill your dead body. Like, you're dead. And I'm going to embalm you and kill you. I thought that I was her. So he's like, I could just raise up this mummy, like the the actual mummy of Anakinesimon. Yeah, and why he's like, you do that? Because he's like, she'll be a puppet. He's like, I want a real bitch. So what I got to do... Is I got to kill you? Oh, because he came back, but he had all his insides. So he gets to be a person. Correct. Or she's just going to be... A puppet. A a hollow puppet. Animal with no stuffing. Yeah. And 
person. He was like, it was not Bummer. only this body that I loved, like referring to the mummy body. It was thy soul. I destroyed this lifeless thing, referring to like her. Uh... Oh, he's going to destroy the mummy and thou shalt take its place. But for a few moments and then rise again, even as I have risen. Come. And then she goes in. She's like, wait a fucking minute. Are you about to embalm me? Like, is that, <laughs> am I picking up what you're putting down? Are you taking out my, are you turning me into, what is, I don't like any of this. And she starts freaking out and she's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm out of this. She's like, I want to be alive. I am young. I don't want to die. She's like, I loved you once, but now you belong with the dead. And I have moved on to Frank Wemple. Get up out of here. And she starts screaming. She's like, I want to live. I want to live even in, even in a strange new world. And he's like, no, I was buried alive for you. And I'm like, she didn't ask you to do shit, bitch. She didn't ask you to get buried alive for her. She died of natural causes. And then you took it upon yourself to get all fucking crazy about it. And now you want her to answer for your decisions. Where have I heard that before? In the patriarchy. He's like, I'm only asking you to be in agonizing pain for one second. Just like one second of agonizing pain, he says. And she's like, no, thank you. So she tries to run away. But Jeff grabs a ceremonial knife and like kind of runs after her and catches her. She's like, let me go. Let me go. And he, he lets her go because Imhotep is like, we've got her now. Whatever. And she's like, don't kill me. I'm a priestess of Isis. And she bows down in front of a giant Isis stat statue that's there. And she's like, I'm your priestess. Teach me all the ways that I forgot. Don't kill me. I Save me, Isis. Save me from that mummy. It's dead. Save me. At that moment, she kind of like, I mean, she gives up real quick. Because all of a sudden, now I'm writing that she's like, okay, I no longer fear you. Do with me what you will. Like, well, that was, that, I got whiplash from that one. But at that moment, Miller comes to the hotel and finds Frank, who's alive. I guess he touched the necklace just in time. Okay. So he's alive. So now we cut back to Helen on a funeral bed or something. And Ardeth Bay is chanting over her, like about to embalm her shit. Cut to Hottie and Miller pulling up and they see smoke coming out of the chimney and they're like, that's embalming smoke if I've ever seen it. And we cut to Ardeth Bay about to stab her. But Hottie comes running in and is like, Helen, Helen, I'm here to save you. Uh, this wakes Helen up. So she jumps off the embalming table. What does she do? What do you do? Where are we? You're in front of a statue of Isis. You're right about to be embalmed. You need to be saved from Ardith Bay, mummy man. And Hottie and Miller are coming in as well. Uh, I'm going to use the powers of Isis somehow. Hand in hand. Because she seems to be our protector. Yes. She kneels down in front of her and she's like, oh, I guess this is where she's like, 
I forsook my vows. Reteach me how to be a priestess, and I'm yours forever, bitch. And at that moment, Ardith Bay is walking over with a knife. Miller and Hottie come in, and I don't know what this was. Ardith Bay holds out his hand like this, as if to be like, kiss the ring, like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then Miller and Wemple just kind of go, and like shrink away, like they... Like, in a like, I was like, are you hurting? Is it yucky? Like, what? What's <laughs> I don't understand what you're responding to. But then we turn around and we see that the Isis statue has moved her arm. <sighs> and her onk lights up. And Ardith Bay mummy stumbles back. And it cuts to the dude shielding themselves from a very bright light. And then we see Ardith Bay's already pretty wrinkled face get real wrinkly. Now we're like, oh, yeah, no, for sure, that's the mummy. Yeah, 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 I saw that guy in the beginning. That's definitely, (laughs) definitely the mummy. There's no question that guy was the mummy the whole time for sure. Isis is putting his mummy face back on. She's pissed. So uh, we then, like, cut back to... Miller and Frank, and we just watch them go like this. So, like, their their eye line is watching Ardith Bay, like, turn into a mummy. And then we'd hear, like, a crumpling sound, and we just see their heads go. And that's how we know that Ardith Bay has crumpled into Crumpled dust. to the ground? Okay. Yeah. But we don't get to see it. She, so they, she had their heads look forward and then look straight And then down. look down. Yes. We then see that the scroll of Thoth. Thoth. Is on fire. <gasps> Isis was like, I'm burning this bitch. Y'all can't be trusted with this shit. I had it to bring my husband's penis back to life. You guys are using it for goddess knows what. So I'm burning this bitch. They then run. I mean, Borloff was just trying to use it to bring his love back the way that Isis did. I thought Isis would be on his side, honestly. Well, I think Isis, like... What Isis did was she, like, put in the work, you know? Like, she was like, I'm not going to steal some innocent soul to take the place of my love. She's like, I'm going to go but find all this is bloody her pieces. Soul. It's the know. same soul. It's just Isis, a different body. It's Isis just a did, different sack of skin. Isis, but I just feel like Isis, there was no consent involved, is what I'm saying, for Helen. It was, she was... Was ha- there consent for Osiris? Maybe he wanted... To, to be split into 14 pieces. You know what? When you're right, you're right. He's like, I didn't want that wooden dick you put on me. Yeah. When you're right, you're right. I thought I thought every all the men in this were the problem, but it looks like Isis was the most problematic of them all. No, I'm saying that I'm on team mummy and Isis, and I think that they should be on the same team. Oh, okay. Well, they're not. He's I'm dead. on team mummies and goddesses. Okay. And well, against team human, that's where I'm at, which is usually where I am. But it got it, listen, it got really muddled up in here. <laughs> all right. Like the through like line. I was like, Give me some fucking Imahotep and Akamemnon getting back together in love and, and afterlife. Yeah. Well, that's not more that um, that would leave a lot of people of color sort of winning out. And we need all of the old white men to be the winners of the movie. <laughs> sure. So that's that's what we're going to stick with this in this 1932 gem, because they then. So 
Imhotep's dead. They run over to Helen. Helen appears to be dead. And Frank is like, no, my wife. dead? My wife that I've known for 24 hours. And Miller says, he's only taken her soul a bit of the way. But quickly, call to her. Your love may bridge the gap. So he says, they're not in love. He says, Helen, Helen, come back to me. And then she wakes up and they are in love. She's in love with Ima Hotep. They've been in love for centuries. Kim, why in the world would she fall in love with a gross old mummy person when she could be in love with a white man who kidnaps because her? Because that's her soulmate. They've been soulmates. Talk to 1932. For 200 years. Talk to 1932. You would think that's that ISIS would not be help. on their side. I mean, when you put it the way that you put it, I, I agree. I don't know why ISIS is... is uh, I think the telling of this tale may have been um, um, embellished a bit to serve a certain group of people that get to write history a lot. So she wakes up and we get a final shot of Imhotep's skull on the ground. Credits. The mummy. 1932. There was like Uh, almost zero mummy in that mummy mummy. movie. (laughs) That's why I thought the more appropriate title was... I needed more mummy. That's why I thought the more appropriate title was The Misogyny instead of The Mummy. I think they should call it Jeff. I, yeah, Jeff! (laughs) That's what we're renaming it. Jeff, a.k.a. The Mummy. (laughs) But Mac was like, why don't you do The Mummy? And then he was like, I really want to know what you thought about it. And I just wrote, I was like, I don't know how women or people of color got out of 1932. Like, I don't know how we got anywhere. It is really hard to watch these movies for me. It's really hard to watch these movies. It's hard for me because I wanted The Mummies to win. I kind of, when you put it the way that you're putting it, I kind of do too. It was their souls. Yeah. All right, let's see what your fucking score is. <laughs> Wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't even know where I was half the time. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't know where I was either. Hi, Sammies. So we heard a rumor that you're not signed up for our awesome Patreon yet. What? Where are you getting your bone con then? It's cool. It's fine. You can still subscribe. Just hit the link in the show notes or search for us on Patreon. We're right there. We've got all kinds of bone con. That's bonus content. We've got mini-sodes, post-mortems, and Q&As, all live streamed. Polls, prizes, merch, and just a general smorgasbord of KK Sam. So join us. Or else. Okay, you didn't do that bad. For Dead or Alive's, you got two out of five. For your questions, you got 21 out of 34 for a total of 23 out of 39. Well, that's not good for me. But I'll take it. I'm out of here. Long live. <laughs> In my hotel. Agatha. Agatha. <laughs> Helen. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Akinenesman. You can call me Helen. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. We did it. The mummy. The mummy. The mummy. Um, Cool. All right. 
I'm going to go drink some booze that Dredd sent me. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm, I don't know. I was just going to wait for you to end the podcast. <laughs> you don't seem to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. See ya. <laughs> Bye. All right. Peace out. <laughs> What's happening? This has been Kim and Get Stay Alive. <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> Till next week. I don't know. Stay alive. Stay alive. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.